0: How are you guys doing tonight? Good, 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 good. I'm happy to be here. You can go ahead and sit down. I'm happy to be here with you guys tonight. It's going to be an awesome time. So, um, if you could turn with me, I'm going to get started. If you can turn with me to, let's turn to Psalms 139. We'll start at 13, and I'm going to read like two different um, translations. The first one's going to be the New King James Version. So, when you're there, say I'm there. You guys are fast. You guys are, you guys are really saved. <laughs> All right. For you formed me, I'm sorry, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eye saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book somebody say in your book, in your book they are all they were all written the days fashioned for me when as y- yet there were none of them now I'm going to read the message translation it's just as cool so it says oh yes you shape m- shape me first inside then out you form me in my mother's womb I thank you High God you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted and nothing into something. Like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even live one day. So today I want to talk about your book, all right? I believe, just like the psalmist said, that he said he said you have a book, God, that you wrote about my life, and the success that you're going to have in life, and the furthest you're going to go is how well you adapt to His book. Amen. Not your own book, but His book. When Jesus was on the cross and He says it is finished, He was saying my purpose, your purpose is finished. Not my, you know not my purpose, your purpose is finished. Not my life is finished, but your purpose it is finished. Amen. And so, um, I'm a I'm a nineties baby and I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, uh, I said, Man, um, I said, Times have changing. I was like, I was like, We're we're like a weird generation. I said, because we're the first generation that was able to actually see like, you know, before everybody was glued to a phone. We're like, like we were able to see like AOL, you know, dial up, you know, internet. But then we're also able to see like today's day and age where everything is like social media everything is like instant and everything is like distraction 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 and so th- but today I, I really wanted to um hone in um on your purpose today because I believe today we live in a day and age where all these distractions are are predicated on getting you out of your purpose they're all predicated on getting you out of your purpose and so today I want to focus on the book, amen, not, 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 this, this isn't book, a book you can go buy at, you know, the Christian bookstore, this isn't, this, you can't buy it at Lifeway, you can't, you know, if you want to get this book, it's going to be because the Holy Spirit gave it to you, amen, the Holy Spirit lets you know about your own life, and you have to live by this book, if you begin writing your own pages and doing your own thing, you're going to, you're going to f- understand what, what hardship and pain looks like, amen, and you know, my wife, she likes. We have three kids, and when I when I go kid shopping, um, what I do is I buy toys that are already assembled, so I don't have to assemble them. My wife, on the other hand, she knows that I'm the assembler, so she doesn't care like what kind of toy she buys. So she would just buy any kind of toy and just hand me like this huge Paw Patrol vehicle and say, "Here you go, assemble it." And I'm like, "No, you need to go to GMC to assemble this. Like this is this is like an actual vehicle." So, me, I'm so, I, I hate reading instructions. So, what I do is I'll throw away the booklet and I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll just wing it. You know, I'm like, okay, this goes here. This A part goes to this Z part. This makes sense. This makes sense. And it never fails. At the end, when I'm, all, when I'm done, I got to explain to my four year old why his Paw Patrol truck needs to be in reverse to go forward. You know, I'm like, no, you can't hit the horn to hear the sound. You got to hit the brake to hear the horn, okay? It never fails. That's what happens when we wing it, amen? That's what happens when we start writing our own pages. The scripture says, he says, my days were already prepared. You already have a prepared life. and But you're not going to get that prepared life until you begin to actually be available to let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Jesus, everything he did, every move he made was on purpose, and it was, it was, he was led by the Holy Spirit. Every single move. He didn't do anything unless the Father told him to do it. He said, I don't do any works unless the Father says do it. But when you begin to wing it, when you begin to write your own pages in the book and wing it and live a life that he never ordained for you to live, you begin to understand what frustration is and you know how many people have ever in your life have ever winged it you, you know whatever it was you've you've winged it you know how many people have how many how many, how many of you guys drive who all drives okay we have got a lot of people who drive how many people have driven with their eyes closed before <laughs> he knows how to live life see so some of you guys have never lived some of you guys have never lived you, you, you've never lived till you driven with your eyes closed and <laughs> so I, I wanted to make sure there was somebody who could relate to me um did did you wreck? No. okay, then mine should be pretty cool um so so my sister Candace, how many of those know Candice, How many people know Candace? She's my sister she's she all uh, growing up whenever she was involved in my life there always ended in trouble somehow or another <laughs> and I was fifteen years old. I was about to turn sixteen, and we were at church, and my parents had a staff meeting at church, and I had the keys. And I'm like, okay, because I've been practicing driving. I, I was already good. I was ready. You know, I knew how to circle the block. I knew how to come back around. So, and, and they trusted me to do that. Like, just drive around the parking, the church parking lot. I'm, I take a turn here, hit hit a block, come back. I'm doing that. and Candace sees me out. You know, just chilling. You know, I got the music playing. I'm cool. You know, and she says, you know, let me hop in. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. And I'm showing out in front of her. I'm like, you know, driving with my, you know, my, you know, one, two feet. You know busting UEs and doing donuts in the parking lot. And she said something. She says, I bet you can't drive with your eyes closed. <laughs> I'm like, as dangerous as that sounds, that's also if, if I can complete it, that's pretty epic. Like, that's a big deal. If I can if I can get around this whole parking lot, around the whole church building with my eyes closed, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Like that's something that's something that's that's like an achievement. You know what I mean? So I said, I'm gonna try it. So I said, cover my eyes. So I, I so I started I started going. And this is where this is where I begin to really wonder about Candace's intellect, because she's covering my eyes, but at the same time, she's playing Candy Crush on her phone. I'm dry, so I'm thinking, like, she's, you know, my eyes. So, so it's like she's, at some point, she's gonna be like, whoa, 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 stop, nope, nope, stop. You're about to hit something. She's not doing any of that. She's focused on Candy Crush while I'm driving with my eyes closed. So I think I'm doing a, a great job. I think I'm doing wonderful. But there's a ditch, you know, about, you know, 20 feet away that I'm about to run into and so of course we levitate for a good two seconds and then there's a boom and we're sitting sideways in a ditch and here's a life lesson you really don't know what kind of friends you have until you get in trouble because when we got out of the car I said we're in big trouble I said we messed up big time and she said we she said you did this so, my oldest, my oldest two sisters, that they were at the house, and I called them up. I was like, you know, you know, they're like 20 years old. I was like, they're adults. They they can they can help us get out of the situation. Like, we got to get out before the staff meeting is over with. Like, we have to get out of here. And uh, so we call my my two older sisters, Keisha and Karina, and they show up. And Keisha looks, at she she assesses the situation. She goes, "You're in trouble. I don't want any part of this. I'm going back to the house." Karina laughs, takes a picture of her cell phone, and then. She gets in the car and I, and I put my head down. I, I hear Keisha's door closed, get in the car, I hear Karina's door closed, get in the car, and I hear a third door closed. And Candace has gotten into the car and she's going home too. So now I understood what Jesus felt in the garden of Gethsemane. I'm like, I'm all alone. Nobody is here with me. I have to encourage myself through this. So I'm like, man, this is so. I'm thinking of like all, I'm like, how do I explain this? Like, Like, I can't say. I was driving with my eyes closed. I got to make up a lie that sounds better than that. I got to say, like, I, I stole something from a store. Cops were chasing me. I wrecked out, Dad. And, I, I, you know, I need to repent and, and, you know, get back in church. So, but, so as my parents come out, you can, you can just imagine, you know, they're coming out with, like, the whole staff. So imagine, like, seeing Dr. Jacobs or Pastor Jordan's truck, like, just just stuck off in a ditch somewhere. That's what it looks like as they come outside and they just see me with my hands in my pocket, and I'm like... Hey, good people, how y'all doing? Um, uh, my dad's like, he's like, "Why is my car in the ditch?" I'm like, "This is this is a private conversation. I can I can't. I, we need to talk in private for me to tell you this." But so the, the moral of the story is, when you try to wing it, you end up in a ditch. You end up in a ditch. <laughs> so t- so today, what I really want to do is, I want to get you somebody. Kickstarted into their destiny, amen? amen. Somebody kickstarted into their purpose because the younger you start chasing your purpose, the further you go. It's it's it goes true with anything. You give a three-year-old a golf club, he turns into Tiger Woods. The younger you start, the further you go. But the truth, but the thing about most young people is we we never really want to focus on our purpose until like we have to, and by then you're too old and 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 it's too late. But if you can start now, if you can start focusing on your purpose now and start, and, and start really ch- becoming hungry and thirsty to get everything that God has for you, oh, my goodness, you're going to be a dangerous person. You're going to be a dangerous person. And so, so today what I really want to do is I want to follow Jesus' life and i want to i want you to be a, be able to answer questions about yourself maybe you don't know the questions right now right. but i want these questions to motivate you about your life i want you to be able to be motivated at some point in the near fut- future to answer these questions yeah. the first question is who are you right. it's when you figure out who you are no one can tell you what you're not yeah. uh, who are you yeah. Yeah. and you know when we look at uh, uh god whenever whenever he, you get really connected with him and you begin to have an encounter with him all throughout the Bible he just changes your name he changes he, he begins to change your name when you have encounters with him Peter I love how you know he, he ends up walking on water he sees Jesus speak 5,000 and uh, Jesus asks Peter he's like who do you say that I am Peter says you are the Christ he said you're the son of God and instantly Jesus tells Peter he says it was because his previous name was Simon he says Simon thou art Peter he said and i'm going to build my what you just said i'm going to build my church upon that same rock because peter means rock cuz i'm going to build my church upon that same foundation and the gates of hell won't prevail against it so peter figured out he received a revelation of who he was by figuring out who who jesus was once he figured out who jesus was jesus was able to tell him who who he was and we learn who we are through our encounters and to go to go back a little deeper when we look at adam Adam and Jesus. We see, when we compare the two, we see uh we see a the, the, the big difference that we always want to want to talk about is that we 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 mentioned um, Adam with our failure. And we mentioned Jesus with our successes, and we look at the differences of them. One one failed, one didn't. But the 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 difference came when Satan came to tempt Adam, and when Satan came to tempt Jesus. When Satan came to tempt Adam and Eve, he he tempted them concerning the, he challenged them concerning their identity. He said, "If you're really going to be like God, you got to eat this fruit." And when he came to Jesus, he said, "If you're really the son of God, I want you to fall off this cliff and let the angels save you." And he challenged both of them about their identities. That was that was the, that was his Total, that was his complete strategy. Is I want to challenge you concerning your identity. I want to know what you really think about yourself. And that's, and that's going to be the key to whether you beat me or I beat you. And Adam and Eve, that's, that became the reason they fell. And Jesus, it became the reason he won. Because right after that, right after that, Jesus walks into the synagogue and, and he's so bold now. Because re- remember, the Bible says Jesus was tempted. I mean, you can't tempt me with like Brussels sprouts. I don't really like them. But hey, if you get me some man, some Hattie B's Nashville hot chicken and some banana pudding, like, dude, I'm off the diet for the day. The Bible says Jesus was tempted, which means he was challenged. He was ch- the Bible says he's, he's touched with your same infirmities, meaning that he was challenged. He had to really think about this who am I? What's my identity? But the Bible says once he, was, once he was confident in who he was, he walked into the synagogue and says, I'm anointed to preach the gospel. I'm here for the brokenhearted. I know who I am now. And right then and there, that's when his life took off. We don't see any miracles until he figured out who he was. We don't see the height of his ministry until he figured out who he was. you got to figure out who you are. It's the key to it all, figuring out who you are. And turn with me to... Luke four. He said, "He he knew what he's anointed to do. He knew what he's anointed to do." Amen. The Bible, the Bible says, Jesus. What I love about Jesus is when he figured out who he was. We we don't see the devil just walking up to him like that anymore. Right. We don't see him just walk. From here on, we see the devil regarding Jesus. The devil is running from Jesus. When Jesus runs into the demon-possessed man, the Bible says the devil yielded to Jesus. He said, Jesus, please don't hurt us. Don't hurt us. We are many. We're many demons. Please don't hurt us. If anything, let us just go into these swine over here. Don't hurt us. Please don't hurt us. Your divine DNA is someone who is, who is bold, who is a champion, who is a winner demons run from you that is your divine dna yes. so when so when you begin to figure out who you are it's always going to be somebody who's bold somebody who who is a winner amen yes. who is a winner somebody say who am i yes. we we got to get to the point where we we begin to focus on our identity because it's in our identity when, when we really know who we are nobody can tell us anything amen yes. nobody because in this whole life the, the enemy's whole plan for your life is to put a label on you. He wants to put a label on your entire life and he wants you to to yield to that label. Yeah, right. He's after your identity. Yeah, yeah. Not after anything else, he's after your identity. He, he doesn't ever want you to know anything about the book. Right. He doesn't want you know. He don't want to, he doesn't want you to know anything about the book. He wants you to he wants you to 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 yield to the identity that he gives you. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah, the next question I want you to be able to, to answer is What are you called to do? When Jesus had the scroll, he said, I'm anointed to preach the gospel. Anointed means what what I'm doing, I can't do myself. When I do it, it's God doing it. It's not me in my own strength. When when I'm doing it, God's doing it. You know, one of the the reasons um, I I figured out, I found I was was anointed to preach is, is that when I preached in my own strength, I was terrible at it. I remember when I was first, my first time I ever preached, my dad handed me the mic and I had—I was going to do a sermon. I was like, I was hoping I could get to like 30 minutes. I was like, man, I said, if I get to 30, man, I'll, I'll be a real preacher. And and um, I, I was trying to preach just like my dad, and it, it went terrible. And I remember looking up, and I'm like, man, everybody's looking at me. This is this is weird. And right then and there, I forgot my whole sermon. I forgot everything I was going to say. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, man what was I going to say? And then out of nowhere, I just said, turn to 1 Corinthians nine, 9. And my, in my mind, I'm like, Caleb, you don't even know what 1 Corinthians 9.9 9 says. So I try to beat everybody there to try to get some kind of quick revelation of what it says. Like, I'm like, man, I got I to figure out what this says. And it, it said, do not muzzle the oxen. I was like, yeah. And, the, and, the, and, the, and my message was on love. I was like, oh. So I just, I was like, y'all, if we're going to love people, we got to love animals too. I was like, we got to love animals, too. Like, y'all just, I mean, these oxen, they're out here, and we got to treat them right, too. I was, I'm like, and fun thing about people were saying amen, I'm like, okay, <laughs> hey. <laughs> but you got to know what you're called to do, amen? You got to know your, what your purpose to do. You have a purpose. When he created you, he created you and gave you his purpose, Amen. You have a purpose when when uh, uh, Jesus has given give us a parable of the of the talents. Amen. Right. The Parable of the talent. Whenever Jesus is given a parable, he's giving he's telling he's giving you a perspective of what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he said there were three there were three servants, one servant. He gave five talents to another servant. He gave two. And another servant, he gave one. And his whole purpose in giving them these talents is he was going away for a while, and he said, "I want you to invest these talents. Meaning, when I come back, I want you to have more talents." The Bible says that the one with five, he doubled. It. He doubled, and he said, Dude, "He's like, I got ten of them now, man." The one that had two, he's like, "Dude, I got four. The, other, the one that had one, he hid his talent because he was afraid he'd lose it. And, and when the and when the when the ruler came back, he was. Astonished at the one who had five who doubled. He was happy and astonished for the one who had two and doubled. But when the one who had one didn't use his talent, he was upset and angry with them. And he took that talent that he had and he gave it to the one who doubled and had ten. Essentially, what a sad day when God comes and takes the gifts and talents that he gave you that you did not use. The anointing that he gave you that you did not use because you were too afraid to step outside the box and give them to somebody else because they're more faithful than you. What a sad day. When he when he gives you a gift, Paul said, when he gives you a gift, if you're going to serve, serve like you're serving serving God himself. Amen. If you're going to speak, speak like you're speaking with the oracles of God. Whatever God gives, when he, when he gives you something, use it. Use every single bit of it. Use every single bit of it. Too, too many times... We're too afraid to step out of the box. We're too afraid to be to be who God called us to be. We're too afraid because we're afraid of what people are going to say about us. Right. Yeah. We got, we, got to, we have to get over those fears. Yeah. We have to get all the way out of those fears. Right. We, you have to know what you're called to do. We, you have to know what you're anointed to do. Amen? Yeah. I, I want to be a fly on the wall when, you know, Moses... Because, because a lot of times, yeah. the, the greatest fear you're ever going to have in this life is really doing what God called you to do. It's the greatest... If, if, if you let it, because your, your fleshly mind can't wrap its mind around what he called you to do, because what he's calling you to do is not in your own strength. It's, 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 it, you need him to do it. Yeah. Moses was afraid to be who God called him to be. He was afraid. He said, man, if I'm going to do what you want me to do, you have to go with me. I'm not going unless you go with me. Yeah. And I want to be a fly on the wall as he stepped into his destiny. Right. As he stepped into his destiny. I want to be a fly on the wall as Esther. Broke down protocols and broke down traditions and 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 walked in front of the, before the king, risking her life to to do something that she was born to do. I was born to do. That. I want to be a fly on the wall. If she went. If she went in front of the king. That, that's what it inspires me is people who do exactly what God called them to do. I love sitting down and talking to people who who did exactly what God called them called them to to do. I love talking to Dr. Jacobs. I love, I love hearing everything about the entire story. I want to hear everything. When, when, I, when I walk into somebody and you've, and, you've got, and you've achieved your destiny and you're right where I want to be, I want to hear every single thing. I want to know about every pitfall. I want to know about every single hardship, every trial. I want to know exactly what you did. Amen? I want to know exactly what you did. When God tells you to do something, do it. When God, t- when he, when he puts something on the inside of you, use it, yes. do it, amen, and, and I I love how Joseph, amen, in the Bible, because a lot of times we're looking for the right circumstance for God, for God to elevate us with our purpose and our gifts, and, but Joseph in the Bible, the, the, the dreamer boy goes from slavery to pit to Potiphar's house to prison and it's in prison where his destiny is born a lot of times we're looking for the right circumstance not really not realizing that God can use you right where you're at right now he can use you right where you're at right now so many times we're looking for the right situation no 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 it it was in prison where God used him it was in prison where God used him amen are you at uh look for And skip down to, I'm sorry, Luke 22, 32. I'm sorry. Luke 22, 32. Because the next question I want to ask you is who's anointed to help you? Who is anointed to help you? Are you there? Yes, sir. It says, but I have prayed for you. This is Jesus talking to Peter, that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I thought that was um, just to be get off topic. Um, a lot of times when we pray for people, we pray for people's condition. And here's Jesus praying for Peter. He says, the enemy is coming. I'm not praying that he does not come, I'm, but I'm praying that your faith fail you not. He's praying for his faith. Amen. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was cool. But a lot of times we pray for people's condition, not we don't pray for the person's faith. We pray for their condition and here's Jesus talking to Peter and um, this thing goes both ways. He says, "When you get strengthened, strengthen your brother." He says, "I'm here to strengthen you, but when you get strengthened, strengthen strengthen the brother." This thing is a two way a two way street. It goes two ways. A lot of times we just want the one way. We want somebody to strengthen us, but we don't want to strengthen anybody else. Amen. And um, um, Elijah in, in the Bible, because I want I want to emphasize first of all. Um, about finding the person that's anointed to help you. Elijah in the Bible, the Bible says that um, he was going through a drought. And when things dried up for him, the Bible says he sent him him to a place where ravens were going to feed him. Amen. Ravens were going to feed him. That was going to be his supply and his source. And that place dried up, too. And the place where God sent him dried up. And the answer was Jesus God said, I'm sending you now to a person that's anointed to help you. It's going to be a, a widow woman at Zarephath, amen? Yeah. She's going to be the one who's anointed to help you. Yeah. She's going to be the one that's going to help you. And a lot of times in life when things dry up for us, we think we're out of the will of God. But really what, what it is is God said, there's somebody anointed to help you. You're missing You're missing a, 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 an ingredient, amen? Yeah. You're missing an ingredient. We look at Moses in the Bible. The only reason he didn't get to the promised land was because of because he didn't have that one person. That, that was really going to push, push him over, amen. He didn't, have the, he didn't have, when God used Joshua, he gave him somebody named Caleb, amen. The Bible says Caleb had a different spirit about him. Moses, the Bible says, Moses spent his whole, whole entire time in the Bible begging God not to kill the people because they were so disobedient. But when, when, he, when, he, when he replaced him with Joshua, he gave him a running mate named Caleb, somebody who had faith, amen. Somebody, somebody that had a different spirit about him, amen. Who is anointed to help? You ought to wake up every day and say, somebody is anointed to help me. Somebody's anointed to take me to the next level. Who's anointed to help you? Amen. If you can't find that person, uh, oh boy, because when God wants to take you to your destiny, he's going to send that person to your life. Amen. He's going to send you the person that's going to help you. He's going to send you that person. And we we have to be led by the spirit to know who that person is. We have to be led by the spirit to know who that person is. Somebody say, somebody is anointed to help me. me. That has to be the thing you preach to yourself over and over and over again. In every aspect of your life, you have to say, somebody is anointed to help me. And then we're on the other end with Peter, Jesus and Peter. And he says, when you get strong, strengthen a brother. And that's that's i believe the pitfall of the church today is we'll we'll come to church every sunday we'll come we'll come midweek we'll come we'll come to our, our groups we'll do all of the above we'll do the whole 9 yards but the question is who have you strengthened who have you strengthened amen we sometimes we're so focused in our own four walls that we don't realize that there's a real world out there where people are dying and, and and the question is who are who have you strengthened amen who have you strengthened uh, outside these doors, that—that's yes. that's that, the. the so, so many times in life, I, I, you know, in church, we have we have the more te- most technology we've ever had, we've had we have more preaching, more revelation than we've ever had, but yet the church is the weakest it's ever been. Right. W- so we, we, we hold up this, we, we lift up this watered-down religion, and we expect the world to want it. And, but the, Jesus says, you can't lift that up. He says, that I be lifted high, amen. If I be lifted high, I'll draw all men to me. Right. And, and when I look, when I mentioned this, this, the scripture um, where Jesus said, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said, I'll build my church upon this rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I always looked at, you know, the church being upon this rock, and we have gates around us, and the devil not being being able to prevail against the gates, but it says the gates of hell, meaning that you're going into his territory. He says, and his gates, the gates of hell, will not prevail against us. Amen? And, and we, gotta, we, got, we, have to, we have to realize that this is about us going out there. Amen? Us going out there and making a difference. Us going out there and finding a dying, seeing a dying world. People are there's people at your schools right now. School just started. There's people at schools your schools that need you. Okay. Part of knowing about your book is knowing who's anointed to help me, but who am I anointed to help? Amen. Okay. Who are you anointed to help? Yes. Who are you anointed to help? Yeah. You have to know that. Right. You have to you have to get that down and understand that you're here to strengthen somebody. Yes. You, you're here to make a difference out here. Amen. The fourth one I want you to be able to answer is your why. I want you to be able to answer your why. Jesus is on the cross, and um, um, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then moments later, we know he says, it is finished. And that confused can, that can me. I'm like, how do you go from shouting that to, to now saying it is finished with a voice of triumph then we then we get to we get to, down down to Paul and Paul gives us a revelation of what happened he says it was because the joy that was set before him that he was able to endure the cross he, the reason Jesus was able to endure the cross was because he had a why he he knew why he started the race to begin with he had a joy that was set before him so even in this, in the agony in the pain he had he still had a joy that was set before him too many times in life we don't have a why so when you run, into, you run into something that's bigger bigger than you, Jesus said, my why is bigger than my issue. It's bigger than my agony and my pain. Amen? My why is bigger than that. He said, he said that you will never face anything that's bigger than me. You got to have a why in your book. Amen? You got to have a why. And, and, and there's, there's, there's certain yous that you cannot forget in this life because you, you got to remember why you started running in the first place you got to remember walking through those doors because sometimes we can get too much in the habit of coming to church. We forget who we once were, amen. We forget walking through those doors and being that boy who just wanted to be everything that God wanted him to be, amen. We forget being the girl that just said, I'll I'll do anything for God to use me. We forget about who we once were. God says you can't forget about the person you once were, amen. David, you're a king now, but you can't forget the shepherd boy who just wanted to come into my gates, Amen. You can't, Esther. You're a queen now, but you can't forget the girl who was an orphan girl. You can't forget how far you came. You, you cannot forget how far you came. When you look back and see how far you came, it ought to give you some extra ambition. The Bible says Caleb in the Bible looked back over his life when he got to the Promised Land and figured out how far he came from. He said, he said, I, I remember going through the Red Sea. I remember, I remember. All of it, amen. He said, I remember he said, I'm still ready for war. He said, I'm stronger this day at 80 than I was at 40. He, he he remembered all the trials, all the tribulations. He said, He said, He said and when he when he finally st- looked looked back, he was able to look at a mountain and say, God, give me this mountain. It was it was in looking back over his life where he was able to ask for something so big. We have to remember why we started in the first place. We always have to remember why we started in the first place because it's going to be the reason you finish yeah. and, and and we like I said we live in a, we live in a watered down generation today where it, it, it's not about finishing no more yeah. it's it, it, we, we want something quick and easy we we live in this Instagram life and facebook life and and to, today you know everybody wants to be an influencer and, and we want something quick and easy, but we don't have enough people that 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 that, that want to have some grit and some grind to go and, and do what God called them to do amen to step off the boat and quit being scared. Step off the boat and quit being scared. Be everything that God called you to be. We have to have some people that say, you know what? Yes, they persecuted me, but I finished. Yeah, they walked out of my life, but I finished. Yeah, they said I couldn't do it, but I did it anyway. We have to have some people that that, that want to finish, amen, and finish everything that God called them to do, amen. Right. We have to have some people that want to finish. And, and, and in closing, I want to talk to you about um um really having an encounter because it's inside the encounter with God that we really begin to have a clear understanding of our book mm-hmm. it's having a, an encounter with the holy Spirit As, that's when we really begin to understand who we really are yeah. it's it's inside the encounter mm-hmm. and when i when I think about you know the the bald eagle um God loves eagles he he mentions them all the time in the Bible he's you know the you know he says. Um, you should mine up with wings like eagles, amen, when you wait up on the lord he said he said he said, even in your latter years you, you should be like the eagle, amen yeah. and the f- cool thing about an eagle is when the eagle gets big enough, he can, a baby eagle they can't fit in the nest anymore and um the, so what what they do and first of all, an eaglet is an eagle before it's an eagle. Does so that make sense? An eaglet, the difference between an eaglet and an eagle isn't the size. The difference between an eaglet and an eagle is the eagle can fly, the eaglet cannot. So even though the baby eaglet grows and gets huge, if if he or she cannot fly, it's not an eagle yet. It's still an eaglet. You're not an eaglet, uh, you're not an eagle until you fly. And what happens is the eaglet outgrows the nest. The eaglet outgrows the nest and has to jump from limb to limb because he can't, he can't fly. He has to jump from limb to limb. And it's at high altitudes where the winds begin to blow and finally push the eaglet off of the limb. And he, he falls off the tree and he, had to, he has a decision to make. Do I spread my wings and fly or do I fall? And it's, it's natural for them to spread their wings and it's right then where he becomes an eagle. And I love how in the Bible, the Holy Spirit, when Jesus describes the Holy Spirit, he describes it as the wind. It's, it's, it's the comparison he gives. He said the Holy Spirit is like the wind. It's like the wind. And, he, and we, it's going to be the Holy Spirit that gets you into your destiny. It's, it's going to be the thing that leads and guides you, amen. It's going to be the thing that carries you to the finish line, amen. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. Jesus, he says his whole ministry was based upon the Holy Spirit, the whole entire ministry was based upon the Holy Spirit, and that has to be an, em- an emphasis, um, emphasis for all of us. That if we're going to finish, we have to be serious about yielding to the Holy Spirit. We have to, we're going to have to pray in tongues. We're going to have to get in our secret place, Amen. Because the Bible says, He says, He says, the Holy Spirit prays for us when we don't know what to pray for. Sometimes you're going to face circumstances in this life where you're not going to know what to pray for, and the Holy Spirit is going to be able to pray for you. So today um if I can get the musicians to come play really what I wanted to do for um, um, I wanted to ask and make sure that everybody was ba- you know is anybody who's not who's not baptized in the Holy Ghost anybody you're not okay you mind if I pray for pray with you amen <sighs> father can we all stand up Father, we, we thank you, first of all. Your word says that you knew us before you created us in the womb, Father God. You say, before you knew me, before you created me, you knew me, Father. Before you ever created me, you knew me. You knew every single person in this room. Begin to help us understand and, 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 and see the person that you saw when you created us, Father God. Every single person. Help us see the help us see us, see us the way you saw us, Father God. Begin to change our perspective. Help us begin to look at our book, Father God, and begin to follow it from the to the T, Father God. We want to be all that you want to be. We want, in Holy Spirit, today we ask you to fill this place. Fill this place up, Father God. Fill this place. We want to have an encounter with you tonight, Father God. We want to have an encounter tonight, Father. Fill this place up, Father God, and have your way. There's destinies, Father God, that have not been birthed yet. And we want to say today that we're hungry. Is there anybody who's hungry today? He says, I'm only going to pour water on those who are thirsty. You got to be thirsty for them, amen? You got to be thirsty for them tonight. Is there anybody who's thirsty? Father God, we want more of you to... In your presence, there's freedom, Father God. We want to build a habitation for you right now, Father God, because in your presence, there's freedom. There's freedom, Father God. We know it's going to be you that takes us from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And so so today, Father God, we we want to yield to the Holy Spirit, Father God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. You can go ahead and sing.